Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. of the A-Game Podcast is brought to you in part by Nationwide Business Capital Group. If you need funding for your real estate deals, whether it's residential, commercial, lines of credit, refis, rentals, fix and flip loans, if you have credit issues, down payment issues, if you need lending for your borrowers, whatever the situation is, Nationwide Business Capital Group can help get it done. They're almost one of, the, one of the most honest and reliable lenders out there right now at a time when lending is uncertain and people are not being upfront about what they can and can't do. Nationwide Business Capital Group is somebody you can trust and somebody that will shoot you straight. Go to www.nicknicknick.com links. You will see the affiliates link under there. Click on get my real estate deals funded and Marianne will contact you personally. Tell her that the A-Game podcast sent you over and they will take absolutely good care of you. Don't be shy. They don't bite. They will work with you. Feel free to talk to them about what you have in your mind, whether you're new, looking to level up. Nationwide Business Capital Group will take good care of you, as well as Nation uh, Warrior Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery is CBD that sponsors this podcast as well. It is Navy Seal owned by William Brannon. He owns the company. If you again go to www.nicknicknick.com/links, you will see under affiliates get discounted CBD products. They have energy drink powder. They have super greens to put into your drinks. They have energy drinks uh, powders that I've been um, They have gummies. They have drops. They have all kinds of different things to help with anti-inflammation, stress, anxiety. They help you sleep. The, the aches and pains have gone away in my entire body from years and years of jujitsu and weights and just not taking care of myself. Um, it's been a big blessing for me. So type in code AGAME as a promo code and get 20% off of any products from Naked Warrior Recovery, CBD products owned by Navy SEAL, William Brandon. Go check it out, nicknick.com forward slash link. Our guest today is Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks from Shark Tank. We're going to jump into it with him right now. All right, I want to talk a little bit today about just um, pivoting your business. So pivoting your business, I, I feel is an important topic. Um, it's very relevant to what's going on now but it's always been. So I was doing some research for my interview with Kevin Harrington. And one of the things that I realized was, um, you know, the world has changed so many different times over decades and decades and decades. And I've heard a lot of stats about how it's changing in the next five years, more than it has in the last 25 years. And I think COVID especially has caused people to see that they need to have multiple strategies on their business model. They can't be stuck in one way of doing something and think it's going to work like that forever. And I, I really feel like that is where you become a dinosaur. And we saw this happen that literally overnight when COVID happened, many businesses became dinosaurs and all of a sudden they weren't able to adapt. They were stuck in their ways and they're gone. They're extinct now. So it's an unfortunate thing, but how do you prepare for that? Because the thing that that's not going to happen again is silly. It's time after time, after time, year after year, decade after decade. And especially now, 
when more things I think are going to come out of this quarantine with people being stuck at home or being forced to have that ingenuity to come up with different ideas to do things. This was a giant reset button that's going to turn businesses upside down. The way we've done things is never going to be the same. And I think that's actually going to be a good thing. So if you're not thinking in your business about what's coming next, how do I adapt? How do I change? And you're moving and be able to see and be open to the fact that it's not going to look the same in two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years. If you're not okay with that, you probably shouldn't be getting into a business. And if you are stuck in that ways, look at Blockbuster Video, look at Netflix, Toys R Us. These are all great examples of people that said, hey, I've been doing it in a certain way forever. We've been true, tried, successful. And then all of a sudden somebody comes along like Amazon and they say, hey, Blockbuster Video, um, uh, Toys R Us, we have a better idea. And they go, ah, no, no, our, our way works. And then all of a sudden you look at, I think there's one blockbuster video left now in like Oregon or something like that. And Netflix came and took over the world and now everything's going digital. And you know, DVDs, they became phased out so fast. Everything's digital now. And, and then it went from, you have to watch it on your TV and everybody's watching things on their phone or on their laptops. Same thing with, uh, with shopping online, you know, Toys R Us wound up thinking that they could do better. And then all of a sudden uh, Amazon comes and they take everything over. And now Amazon's the biggest thing. And, it's just always changing. So if you don't want to become the blockbuster video and the Toys R Us of your industry, you have to think about what's happening and be open to looking at what people are doing, how are they innovating and welcome that and collaborate with that and research that and be open to following those things and learning about how things are changing because that's the way things are going to go. So I want to dig into that on a few different levels, especially in the real estate business. So what sparked this was Kevin Harrington, when we were getting ready to do our episode, I started looking at what he had done and his model was infomercials. He was the king of the infomercials. So he was the first guy to come and say, hey, there's some dead airspace on late night TV. It's probably cheap to buy. I'm going to take this guy who does the Ginsu knife and I'm going to record some late night TV thing and it's going to attract people to it. And he wound up doing that with all kinds of big companies like you guys learned if you haven't heard the episode yet. But that turned into a multi, multi, multi- dollar industry the infomercial so you have 30 minutes to an hour to watch those things late at night you got to grab people's attention you're paying for the airspace but now people are cutting the cable it's crazy so most people are not watching commercials so how does advertising change people aren't staying up late at night watching all these crazy tv networks that are not probably even coming up by accident anymore because they're not watching even tv on their tvs most of the time so his entire business model would have been sank but the guy is still making billions of dollars. He's still got a net worth of over 450 million. If he wasn't forced to adapt, he would have become extinct. But as an entrepreneur, which should be the key people that are listening to this podcast, you're gonna have to see that you're gonna have to adapt. You're gonna have to reinvent yourself. That's part of what you do. You can't set your feet in the ground and say, I'm doing this strategy, this type of business. P businesses fail every day. But people don't fail every day. People are successfully doing things by learning from other people's past so how do you adapt with the times? How do you change? You do it by learning. There's so much free information out there. You can see and follow social media accounts. You can look at metrics. There's different websites you can go on to see how much traffic, what types of ads people are using, what they're spending, what types of conversions they're getting. There's groups, there's clubs, there's mentors that do all this stuff. So there's ways to find whatever type of info you want to see for your industry to see where things are trending, where the best money is to be spending on advertising, what the best strategies are. And have found is in a lot of the businesses like real estate it's cyclical 
So some of these things are more predictable than others. COVID wasn't very predictable. You know, the last pandemic was like early 1900s or whatever. So yeah, some of those things you're not going to be able to see. But if, again, you're not planning on adapting, you're going to get stuck. So I'm always now worried since the crash of 2000 and what was I in 2010, 2011, when everything really was at, at its bottom bottom, you know, how do I avoid that doing it again? 10 years later, 2020, COVID comes around. Okay. Now, big pandemic, but most of the people that I was listening to that have been around for decades and decades and decades, they didn't know that it was going to be COVID, but they figured it's been about 10 years since the last market correction. It's been about 10 years since the last economic crash. We were due for something and they were all planning for it. That's what we've been talking about for years. Now, again, maybe we didn't know that it was going to be a pandemic, but if you didn't think that there was something that was going to come around that 10 year cycle, because business is cyclical, it's just a cyclical market of that down, something's going to come back around and the strategy is going to change. I'm now thinking 2030, something's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to be. Is it going to be an asteroid? Is it going to be nuclear war? Is it going to be a health scare? Who knows what's going to go happen? Maybe there's some new app out there that gives everybody a virus and now we have to go back to typewriters. I have no idea, but I know that I'm going to keep trying to evolve and change my business and make good decisions and pivot as I learn things along the next five or 10 years and stock things away and be open to making relationships with younger investors, younger entrepreneurs, people that are on the cutting edge of things that are changing. So again, to put some stats on that, Kevin was talking about how long it had taken for some of these meetings to reach 50 million viewers. And I think radio was 20 years, something like that. TV was around 13 or 14 years. The internet took about four years. Then Facebook did it in two years. Now for me, being my age, I'm 30s, Facebook and Twitter, and then even Instagram is kind of new for some of the people that are late 30s, early 40s are just jumping in, but they're, they're, they're big on Facebook. You go to the younger generation, now they think Facebook is stupid, I don't use Facebook. I have Snapchat, I go on YouTube, I don't even watch TV, I'm on YouTube all day. I go on TikTok, TikTok looks ridiculous to me. I see kids walking around, literally they do TikToks so much all day, that when they walk around, they can't even help but be doing dances when they're because it's their their muscle memory from just doing TikToks all day that they can't walk anywhere without shimming and dancing or hitting the wall or whatever it is they're doing these days. But my my point there is when I was looking through some of their TikTok accounts and some of the stuff that they were showing me, I'm looking at people on Instagram that have six figure followers, maybe a million followers that are influencers big time selling packages, courses, properties, getting funding, getting tons of attention, followers, viewers, businesses, boom, with high six figure to million or so followers on Instagram. People on TikTok have 20, 30, 40 million followers. It's nuts. Now that's a way, way bigger audience than the media platforms that I'm looking at. So I don't understand it. Now, is it a good platform for business, for real estate? I don't know. You know, is there a way to put ads on there that I can attract something to the parents that when they're watching their kids do these goofy TikToks all day, all of a sudden my stupid voice comes on and says something about how, you know, you want to, you know, you can't rely on your kid to be a TikTok star all day. So what's your backup plan? Have you ever thought about getting into real estate? Go on nicknicknick.com, find out how to invest. I don't know, but I'm, I'm looking at those different things that how to jump in and how to make those things work. And I'm watching them because at the very least, I know in 10 years, some of those people that are 
12, 14 that are on TikTok, those are the people that are growing up, especially now in the last six months with the pandemic, with their faces and their electronics. They're on Snapchat, they're on YouTube, they're on YouTube kids, they're watching people open freaking boxes on YouTube all day and those people are making millions of dollars. So you're in an age that people are growing up with apps, with stars that are on social media that are doing 30 second TikTok dances. So I'm first looking at these TikTok videos, these Instagram videos, these YouTube videos, when you look at how much content they're really taking in, the attention span is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So how do I start to adapt my business to keep people's attention and grab that? But also 2030, that's going to be my audience for people that maybe they're going to be moving into their homes. They're going to be buying properties. They're going to be looking to invest money. What types of jobs are they getting on? What types of economy are they getting into? Are they going to be wanting to live in multi-units? Are they going to want to in self-sustainable housing, are they all going to be moving out of the city because the pandemic got worse and now they don't want houses and space and these open floor plans that we've been doing for a decade now. Now everybody wants to go back to all these little sealed off rooms. So you have a six, seven bedroom house, you got an at-home gym, you got an at-home office. There's you know, stronger Wi-Fi things than ever because people are working from home and there's COVID rooms. So that way, if somebody catches something, they can quarantine. Like, I don't know, but I'm paying attention to those things. Even now, look at when people build houses, they're putting in all the, the USB ports and stuff like that in the outlets. That wasn't a thing initially. You walk in the house and it's wired for music all over. These are things that change. Technology changes. The norm changes. If you don't change with it, you're going to be extinct. Even put it on as a basic level of flipping properties. Look at the technology that's changing. Look at the way the world's changing. Just look at the way that the trends are changing. In real estate, you have to be able to change with the trends. So you know, the, the way people flipping houses and fixing things up in the 60s was different than the 70s. And the 70s was different than the 80s. You fix a house the way that somebody fixed houses up in the 80s. Now, it's going to look ridiculous. You wouldn't do that. You want to change with what's trending. What are people buying now? What are feedback surveys showing you? When you're putting houses on the market, you're looking at comps. Are there open floor plans? Are there finished basements? Are there two car garages? Are they using beiges? Are they using grays? Are they using different types of fixtures? What types of countertops? Is everybody looking for granite? Are people looking for concrete cabinets, uh, countertops? Are people like blue cabinets in your area? What's the average lot size? What's the average house size? Two stories, one stories. It, it all is gonna change from market to market. But again, it's all about the data and looking how those trends change, how are things changing? And especially now again, during COVID, you're seeing more and more of people moving out of the city and wanting more space because they're spending more time at home. And again, places like New York City, I was having this conversation yesterday that the cell used to be, you're gonna live in this small apartment, but it doesn't matter because you're not spending time in your apartment, you're spending time in New York City, in Chicago, in Miami, or wherever the city is. You're going to restaurants, you're going to bars, you're going to meetings, you're going out, the city is your home, not your apartment. Not the case right now. So people are like, you know what, screw this, I'm not gonna spend all this money for this apartment. So I'm going to go for the same amount of money I was renting a room for. I'm going to go get a house on Long Island or Westchester or Pennsylvania or Connecticut. Things change. So again, Kevin looks at that and he starts to say, medias are changing. Things are changing. Styles are changing. It's like haircuts. You know, the haircuts, you look at pictures of yourself in the 70s and the 80s in high school, the clothes you were wearing, the, the way your hair was done, your makeup, your car, your music, everything was different. You change that. Why would you think that changing your clothes and your hairstyle and your music and your taste and everything else is going to shift and change with time over years and years as the world changes and your business is not and your marketing is not and your customers are not 
It's a crazy thing to think. And that's where businesses sink. So if you don't think that all these things are going to change and you're not looking at it as an entrepreneur for studying that down and figuring out how am I going to change with it, you are going to sink. You need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to swim and you need to be able to be accepting right now that my business is probably not going to look the same in two years, four years, six years. My clients are probably not going to look the same in two years, four years, six years, but I'm going to start to study those things and figure out how do I change with it? I'm going to figure out in 2030, whenever this next world catastrophe happens, how am I going to be selling these TikTokers houses in 10 years? Because I'm still going to be doing real estate, but who I'm selling real estate to, how I'm selling real estate, the type of real estate I'm going to be buying and selling and investing in, it's all going to be different. But there's always a way to make money. You just have to figure out what your byline is and who your customer is and what your product is. And as long as you're adapting to that, just like Netflix and Blockbuster Video example, just like Amazon and Toys R Us and the way everybody's doing things from home, that stuff starts to change. So you have to change with it. And if you could do that, you will have a long career in whatever you do. But that's part of being an entrepreneur. It's the long road. You want to get into business and you want to stay in business. You get in and you stay in by being adaptive, by pivoting, by changing with the changes in the world and in the market and in the industry. Now, so again, Kevin started to talk about the difference there, which ignited this whole thing because you have to talk about, he was on a platform and a lot of these guys are on platforms that they were doing stuff on TV and then from the TV show, they're doing the live events. Look at music. Music's doing stuff now that they can't go out and tour. Comedy clubs can't have it, have people go out and do these shows. So, so what do they do? All right. So I'm going to start to look at that on the business side again. Now, if I can't do my entrepreneurial stuff as far as infomercials, he starts to go into, okay, I'm writing a book. I'm doing courses. I'm getting sales. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out. I'm getting on other people's podcasts. I'm doing all kinds of things like this, even just as simple as this of Kevin Harrington coming on my podcast and talking about his new book, talking about his new strategies, talking about how his marketing has changed, how his clients changed, how he still managed to invest in a company that during COVID got a value of over a billion dollars where everything else is tanking and people are losing money and businesses are failing. His is going into a seven, eight figure business. How are you doing that? There's got to be a way. So I want to surround myself with people that are those things and pay attention to those trends. And Again, it's, it's one of the only industries that in business, there's times that it's okay to copy. It's encouraged to copy. You can pay to say, hey, teach me what you did and people are happy to do it, especially now. There's so much free information. There's so much great stuff out there. Take advantage of people like Kevin Harrington, people like, like even me, the stuff that I've learned over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So let's talk on the real estate side. When I started buying properties in 2005, 2006, it was in a bad time technically for the economy. So everybody was running away from real estate. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And I was talking to people that were on their way out because they were saying, look, I invested in some of these areas. I took a beating. Be careful investing in Vegas. Be careful investing here. Be careful investing in real estate right now. It's dried up. It's oversaturated. Everybody's getting in. So I was starting to get in while we were hitting the bottom, whereas everybody else had been in since 2001 crash. And now they made all this money but they got in and they didn't know how to adapt. They didn't know how to pivot. So they got into real estate, but they couldn't stay in real estate. And they made a bunch of money and then they lost everything and they went back to their nine to five. To me, that's my nightmare. I don't want to do that. So I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I always want to surround myself with people that have made tons of mistakes, learn from those mistakes, and then come back and done it bigger and better than ever and made more money. And they're still investing five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. 
they have lived and, and invested and survived through two, three, four cycles, got knocked down, but they've never gotten knocked out. They're back to live and fight another day. That's going to keep me in the game. That's going to keep me from becoming a dinosaur because I'm not going to have such a big ego to think that I can't learn something from everybody, including like I just talked about, the new people, the TikTokers, that new generation of how they're going to use these new platforms, these new apps, these new medias, learning their attention span, learning my client. I'm also going to learn from the old guys. I'm going to learn from the OGs, from the veterans that have, have been there, done that because they can bring a to the table because for me in business, some of the biggest things that I've learned are the things that I've done wrong. There's a lot to be learned from that. That's the whole point of a membership is a mentorship is doing things and learning from somebody who's already been down that road because all of your ideas, there's so much things in business and in real estate that I would have never, ever thought of. And every day something new pops up. So they've already gone through that path. They've already dealt with, fixed, and, and overcome and won at some of the challenges that I haven't even found that existed yet. And that keeps growing and growing and growing. So at that time now, when the market was down, I was getting a lot of properties as foreclosures, REOs, bank-owned properties, short sales. Foreclosures were the buzzword. So everybody was doing short sales. Everybody was doing foreclosures. I was doing great at that. I found good ends with it. I was buying properties right off the MLS. They were government-backed guaranteed loans from Fannie and Freddie. So I was able to come in, buy them cheap. You, know, you find ways to get some creative lending because usually when real estate's down, if you're not liquid, lending's tight. So you got to, there's always going to be obstacles, but that's everything. You know, when the market's up, it's saturated. And when the market's down, there's no, there's always a, a, something you could focus on that's negative, but there's always a way to make money. So as we started doing that, you know, we start investing. You're, you're getting properties at a major, major discount. You can pick them off the MLS at 10, 20 cents on the dollar, rent them out for top dollar all day long because people aren't getting loans and we're in a great spot. Now, as the market starts to recover, things start to come back. More and more people are jumping in. More and more people have money. Now, more into wholesaling because people are saying, hey, you know what? I'll just buy that property from you. I don't know how you're getting them from these banks. I don't know how you're getting these short sales. I don't know how you're doing this stuff, but you're negotiating these great deals. Sell them to me for a quick five, 10 grand. So then we start to do things like that. So now I have my rentals. I have my wholesales. Now, all of a sudden, loans are coming back. So I'm seeing more and more now that the retail buyers are having an easier time it's like FHA loans. So 660 credit score or below, if you haven't had a bankruptcy or a foreclosure in the last two years and the house is within the FHA price points and fixed up to the FHA standards, you can get a loan on a house. So once it's been two years now, since these people lost their homes, I can come back in, buy these properties for cheap as a bank owned property, fix it up to FHA standards and get somebody a loan for 3% down for basically the same exact house that they lost two years prior. So now a whole thing opens up of median income homes, middle income homes that are fixed up to FHA standards that can get conventional financing and FHA financing. So that became a big thing. Now all of a sudden, people are back on their feet. People are seeing real estate's good again. Now everybody's back out there watching these HGTV shows. Flip this house gets big. Flip or flop gets big. All of a sudden, market's really tough. People can't get properties off the MLS. So what do you do? I can't get as many foreclosures. I can't get as many short sales. Not as many people over leverage themselves in this last five or 10 years as they did prior. So there's not as many people upside down on their houses. They were smarter equity in their homes. They can sell their homes and downsize, which a lot of people are doing now. So does it mean I stopped doing real estate? No, we start to pivot. So again, now during COVID, 
we're going more direct to seller. That's something over the last couple of years, you're going directly to the person who owns the home, you know? So we've had a bunch of different people on these podcasts that have all these different ways of doing it, whether it's absentee owners, tired landlords, you're going on radio and you're, you're going on radio to try and reach people that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s that have equity and they want to sell it. You're going to uh, auctions, you're doing, uh, there's just so many different things we've talked about on this show for, for the stress list, the stress sellers, um, you know, vacancy, direct mail, millions of different ways, et cetera. So, you know, I'm giving this tons of different ways to go find them. So you adapt and you find a way to get there. So what we're starting to see now is we're now hearing everybody's on pause going, oh my goodness, there's going to be a moratorium that's going to be lifted. So all of a sudden these evictions are going to start going crazy. People are going to start foreclosed on the forbearances aren't going to be forgiven anymore and they're freaking out so does that mean i stopped doing real estate no the people that for the last two or three or four years have only been doing direct to seller cold calling direct mail and going after people that are absentee owners with high high equity now we can start to do things like subject to now we can start to do things like short sales now we can start to see more people that we can work short sales and foreclosures on because that's going to be more of what that client is if that's the way it starts to go. And they, they, they don't do something to boost the economy and they don't have something to carry out the stimulus plan. There's all these factors that go in. And if it doesn't change, cool, but I'm always going to be aware of what's happening, what's changing so I can be ready for that next leap by constantly studying my KPIs, by constantly studying my metrics, by constantly keeping engaged in things like masterminds that I'm in, group chats that I'm in with some of the other investors that are investing all over the country that are all smarter than me. That's what I want to be around people that are doing things every day, studying things every day and communicating to me every day on what they're seeing and that I can adapt my business model to what everybody's doing and we can all talk. And that was something that wasn't around for me 10, 15 years ago. I now have people that I can talk to that have been through this and we can do this together and talk together, which limits my risk of making a detrimental mistake to my business when I have sensible people around me that we can communicate with about what's working, what's changing, what's not working, what's changing. And every single week I have data showing this is proof that my money is getting great return and my properties that I'm marketing or selling, or maybe they're not. Now, okay, well, what's working for you? Oh, okay, well, I actually started going back to this type of list or this type of seller, or I changed my approach here, or I switched out the person who was cold calling, or I started bringing a sales, sales team in from a different country. I've been hearing all these great suggestions for the last week because you pivot. So I'm looking at it going, man, I had to relearn all these things about changing the script because my scripts I can say in my sleep about talking to a realtor, talking to a wholesaler, talking to somebody who's a bank asset manager. I can literally roll out of bed and give a killer script on how to talk to them and convince them that I'm a legit investor and they should be sending their properties to me because I'm going to buy them. We're going to do a ton of research. And I will literally teach people to do that. That'll get on the phone once or twice after I've had a conversation with them about how to phrase that. And I'll have people that are really high, high status people that working at banks, working with multi-million dollar assets, working for um, REO brokers, all, all kinds of people, investors, realtors, brokers, whoever it is. And say, oh man, you sound really knowledgeable. I knew right away. I talked to a hundred people a day. You're by far the first conversation they had, just because it's it's how you learn to talk. You get comfortable doing it, you put your personality on it. But I knew the key things because I had gotten hung up on so many times. I've gotten told to eat shit so many times, told that was a joke so many times that eventually you start to go, okay, well, when I say this, that's what happens. Negative consequence. I don't want that anymore. So what are some things that when I say this, I get a positive response and the conversation goes further and I get another 30 seconds on the phone. I learned that. You just change the script because now you're talking to a different person. I'm not talking to the realtor. I'm not talking to the asset manager. I am now talking 
directly to the seller who's in a different situation. It's not a business conversation. It's a personal conversation. I am speaking directly to somebody who's maybe going through a divorce, going through probate, going through lost their job. They can't pay their bills. Something going on there. So it's a different tone. It's a different conversation. You're helping the person. It's not just business. It's, it's got to be a win-win type of deal. But it's pivoting. It's very similar. It's just a little bit different. So I pivot who I'm talking to and I pivot how I'm talking to them, but I'm still buying and selling real estate. I'm still investing. I'm still keeping a lot of the same core foundations and principles there. So now if it goes back to the short sales and foreclosures, those people are going, oh my goodness, what do I do? And I'm going, I'm going to do the same thing I was doing 10 years ago instead of the same thing I was doing five years ago. It's a market cycle. And you start to get the same tools in your tool belt. And I'm watching these same things happen. And I'm watching the same markets that crashed and burned 12, 14 years ago, skyrocket. And if they come and I'm going to go, okay, I read this book. I know exactly how this is going to go. I'm going to wait for these same ones to go back down that have done this time after time after time, every 10 to 15 years when the market cycle is, these four or five states skyrocket and then they tank and then they skyrocket and then they tank. I read this book. I've seen this movie. I know exactly what to do. But on my marketing side, that's going to be things that change. So whether it's business, whether it's real estate, again, Kevin Harrington, marketing guy, he changed from personal. Maybe he's still doing commercials. Maybe that comes back eventually. Maybe 10 years from now, people are sick at looking at TV on a little tiny device on a phone and they go back to just relaxing and people have landlines. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. There might be a totally different thing. Maybe you use glasses. Maybe you just get a chip in your head and you watch it there. But I'm going to figure out what's changing, how things are adapting, how can I pivot my business? And I'm going to continually work to do that. So a couple of key things he's here to take away is always be first learning from the new guys, the new guys and girls, the kids, the next generation that's coming. You know, you had the baby boomers that they, you know, you're following them. Assisted living is a huge thing. So if that's your model, that's what you're doing. You're following the baby boomers to figure out what they're doing for healthcare, for assisted living, for retirement homes. That's a whole business in itself. Okay. Millennials, the workforce that's coming out of the city now going to the suburbs. What do they want? They're working from home. They didn't want to own. Now they need a house because of COVID. You're, I'm always finding those things. What's the next generation going to be? What are the TikTokers going to be doing? So study what they're using, study their attention span, study their likes, study their trends on your business. Always be studying those trends as well as far as what's going on right now. What houses are selling and what do they look like? What are the trends telling me as far as designs and, <coughs> excuse me, designs and color schemes and materials? And then also have the older guys. It reminds me of jujitsu. They told me you need three types of training partners. You need the brand new guys that you can test stuff out on and just beat them up a bit. And you know, you, you grab the white belt, you grab the new guy to try a new combo for boxing or try a new move or a new sweep so you can work stuff out on them to see what works. Then you want the guy who's on your level. So you can see where you're at with somebody there and have just an honest, fair assessment of just a basic chess match of somebody who's neck and neck with you to see where you stand and keep that competitive spirit. And then you want to train with somebody who's way better than you that basically kicks your ass all the time. So you can even see what's possible and you can keep that humility and that humbleness. That's all I'm saying. Same exact thing. I got my TikTok white belts, my, my, my new group. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to learn what type of new things they're coming out with, new jujitsu moves, new business practices, new apps, new social media stuff, new content. Then I'm going to have my trends and my, my comps of the stuff that's going on right now, my average purple belts, my average person. And then I'm going to have my black belts. I'm going to have the guys that have been around for 10, 20, 30 years. The Dave Stetches, the Lee Kearneys, all these different guys that have been around the Kevin Harrington's and watch how they're adapting their business because they're putting time and money and resources, connections that they've made for decades and decades and decades. They have millions and millions of dollars of marketing to go and figure out what's happening. 
How did they change for COVID? How did they keep their business going? How did they switch their real estate? How did they switch their marketing? How did they switch their campaign? So that's the first thing. Have all three different types of people and be following them to figure out how your business needs to adapt and change for what's happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future. Very, very, very important. Second thing, never be the smartest person in the room. I always want to be around people that are changing. I don't want ego to get in front of me and start to tell me that I'm the best because the second your ego starts to get the best of you, that's when you become extinct. That's when you become blockbuster video. That's when you become Toys R Us. That is not what you want to do here. Um, and the third thing is just pivot. Again, be ready to always be changing. Never be comfortable. Always be under the impression that you're going to have to adapt. And I was talking to my friend, Ronnie, uh, Black Belt. He's on one of the earlier episodes, Ron Rivers running for uh, New Jersey State Assembly. And he talked about business plans. And we say, hey, what do you do? 5, 10, 15, 20 years? And he said, that's crazy. I have no idea what's going to be happening in two to three years. So I try not to make a business plan really too far out because it's going to have to adapt and change so much. Because again, technology is changing more in the next five years than it has in the last 20 or 30, which is absolutely terrifying. We are in a completely different world than we were six months ago, let alone six years ago. How are you going to adapt to those things? How are you going to change and how are you going to be ready the next time this happens so you don't get caught with your pants down trying to figure out why didn't I do this? It's because you didn't pivot. You didn't adapt. You didn't do your research. So let's start to get ahead of that. Let's start to do those things. And, you know, uh, again, on the business plan side of stuff, talking about businesses, one of the guys that we were or are potentially going to buy some land from, he's got a bunch of money he was going to invest in. He's an older guy. He's in his, I think, late 70s, early 80s. And he said something again. He was like, man, I'm terrified of watching what's happening in the world. I have no idea where to put my money. Things I never thought were going to happen are happening now. And I don't know how to predict what to do. So I'm kind of frozen. I'm sitting still with what am I supposed to invest in? Because things I would have thought were a slam dunk investment to put my money in, I can't anymore. For instance, I was going to go put a bunch of money into buying a Walgreens or a CVS. But then I'm looking online and I see that people are literally dropping prescriptions at people's front doors with drones. And I'm going, is a Walgreens or a CVS even going to be here in two years? What do I invest in? How do I know what's going to be relevant a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years from now? The world's changing. Technology is different. Everything is so much different than it was for me. You know, and think about a guy that's in his 80s like that, that has seen that world change. We went from cornfields here to what we have now. It's mind-blowing and it's unsettling to probably think about what do I do with my money? This is my nest egg that I worked my whole life for. Where do I feel safe putting that, that I can sit there and rest? And unfortunately, I think right now, the reality is you can't plan on popping some money into something for a lifetime now and having it sit there and retire you because things get outdated, things get stale, things get relevant, things become extinct, things become primitive faster than they ever have in history right now. So what do we do? We have to diversify. We have to adapt. We have to surround ourselves with people that are doing things and be ready to pivot and be ready to go. When things change, you have to change with them. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope you guys are learning something from this. Um, I didn't really know which direction I wanted to go with it, but hopefully that helped. Uh, again, if you guys want a virtual drum lesson, danlamagna.com, check the show notes. I will play his video after this, but you guys should definitely be taking advantage of him. He's an amazing drummer. Uh, we have some great guests coming up. If you have anything you want me to touch base on, talk about, if you guys are interested in investing with me, you want to buy some properties, you want to partner on some properties, hit me up. Go uh, hit me up on any social media, nicknicknick.com slash links. You can get all my social media contacts. Please review and subscribe to this podcast. If you go on iTunes, just Google the A-Game podcast, uh, click on iTunes, 
scroll to the bottom, give it five stars, leave a review. It really does help me. It really does go a long way. And you can even uh, email me podcast at nicknicknick.com for anything you might want me to talk about or discuss whether it's something to talk about on the podcast. If you'd like to talk about investing or properties or a specific situation, let's start to make things happen. So appreciate people listening. I appreciate you getting on the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you guys soon. Thank you. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833 632 0585 for your free online drum lesson.